All right, hi everybody, and welcome to Speculate, our actual play podcast. My name is Greg. I'm Mike. I'm Brandon. And we are back uh, with a special bonus Patreon episode. We are coming to you from our three um, respective facilities. I think this is the first time that we're recording a special episode combining best elements of Michael's Place, Brandon's Road, um, which he's always <laughs> got for the uh, backdrop, and my new place that I got, and I got a place where I can actually put all my stuff without it being on top of my head. So I'm very excited, and those of you listening in audio have no idea what I'm talking about, but I just moved, so I'm excited. So yeah, I have places to put my games, and I'm very excited about it. Um, Rick has three very handsome GM screens on shelves behind him mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i'm so i'm just so happy uh, to have this space so anyway it is our great pleasure to be back with you folks and we've got a special speculate episode planned for you today but i'm going to throw it over to co-host brandon to talk a little bit about what we're going to do on this episode and to introduce the first thing that he's going to be speaking about so brandon so this evening, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the games that have been intriguing us uh, lately, going over some of the RPGs that have been uh, holding our interest, whether it's things that we have played or things that we want very eagerly to play. I think I speak for myself, at least, and I say these are things that I would like very much to play on Speculate at some point in the future. Um, the very first of which, um, my pick, is Thirsty Sword Lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> which is really, really rad. It's by uh, April Kit Walsh. It's being published by Evil Hat. And it's just a really neat twist on the, uh, powered, by the uh, powered by the Apocalypse like system that just really, it really benefits from creating emotional conflict because that's like the entire engine of the game it's like how how many feelings can you gather in this one moment and how can how can those feelings be both incredibly emotional and heartfelt and also be very brutal and violent and it's really really cool i also want uh first and foremost to mention that it has one of the most important one of the most significant pieces of a rule book i've ever seen it ever since like I started like seriously getting into RPGs, which is uh, before you even learn the rules, it has an entire section in the book that insists that no fascists or bigots are allowed to play the game. <laughs> and I think that's exactly. I think reminding people that we are we are playing not only in our personal playgroups but in a general community landscape with the intent of. Um, being inclusive and being understanding and being being compassionate such that if you don't want to do that, do not touch this book is very radical. Yeah, there's a thing in, in publishing where like a lot of a lot of discussion goes into who is this book for and a creator saying, here's who this book isn't for. And let me be very <laughs> clear, especially when it's it's that. Um, this book just oozes style, I have to say. Like the, the graphic design and the art direction is stunning. So uh, if folks are, are thinking about games to pick up and you like visuals, it carries a, a strong recommendation there. Did you, have you played much with Monster Hearts? Either I have played a little bit of Monster Hearts and I would say that there is a, like some, some very small overlap there in terms of the emotional <laughs> capacity that yeah. moves actually embody which i think is really neat 
Yeah, because like the the sense that I get off of Thirsty Store Lesbians is that it it uses some of that like emotional intensity and centering emotions through mechanics, but is not as doesn't default to tragedy in the way that Monster Hearts does. Does that does that kind of line up with your experience reading the book? Yeah, it does. Like the the sense that I get from the moves in Thirsty Sword Lesbians very heavily is not only that it doesn't default towards tragedy, that its goal isn't um like necessarily to paint characters as suffering or on the verge of some great misfortune that's about to befall them if not for like the power of love or getting someone's favor or something like that which is fine in monster hearts and i dig it in monster hearts but uh, i think what uh the i think how the moves stand out in thirsty sword lesbians as well is it instead defaults toward how um characters can come together despite their potential conflicts and how those how those moments of togetherness can engender not only personal growth but the power that is necessary to defeat the big bad that is presently in front of you and in particular i like that those things are geared towards um romantic language but it doesn't necessarily always need to be performed like that it can still be performed as friendship sometimes it can still be performed as rivalry but that the game paints it in that way also empowers you to think about, well, what kinds of emotional reactions do you want from players in this game and why? But they don't always have to be necessarily hostile and negative, necessarily negative. Yeah. Like there's a, in the version I looked at, there was a, like a, a, a breakout box that was like, what if not thirsty? What if not swords? What if not lesbians? So like the game, the game as written and as title has a very specific vibe that it's going for, but specifically makes space for a, like a, a broader set of interpretations. Like, yeah, you can have like space opera version instead of just space fencing version. And it's, it's kind of vision of queerness is very inclusive. So like one of the play sets is um, Gay Lords by Lucien Khan, which is like very like, 90s North American gay men subculture vibe. So Brandon, I wanted to ask if you might, if there are other playsets that you're especially interested in or that popped out to you. There is definitely a playset that I'm very, very excited about. My friend, Ali Bastian, actually wrote a playset in the uh, additional playsets bundle for the game called Shinsei Galactic Puroresu, uh, which is essentially what if the universe on the verge of its ceasing to exist decided to resolve all conflict by just replacing it with wrestling. (laughs) And it's really cool. I like that. Like, one of the things that I find also interesting about um, Thirsty Sword Lesbians as a game is, as you kind of hinted towards, Mike, it's one of those games where the title is the high concept pitch and then every game that you have, every individual setting in the game is just suddenly not that. Why are there no swords here? Why are there no lesbians here? It's really interesting. And um, Shinsei Galactic Puroresu is like that, where instead of sword combat, we're suddenly wrestling. And there's an entire move about doing a promo to book your fight against your opponent and all those things are emotionally charged and i like that ali wrote the setting with 
real world wrestling touchstones so you could literally look up right now because some of them are really cool but we're not here to talk about wrestling or else i would gush about wrestling right now that's because wrestling is wrestling is like physical soap opera and you are getting an opportunity to perform the soap opera element of that here and it's actually really neat the stretch goal that will get greg and mike to get into wrestling so that we can have a bonus podcast is several (laughs) steps down the way i think yes I, I mean, I'm in fairness, it. in fairness, like, you know, look, you're, you're, you're talking to someone here who uh, grew up with uh, USA Network, uh, the Iron Sheik, Alexander Volkov, like I, I listen, you know, uh, Coco beware, I am fully aware of the joys of wrestling when I had four channels, and it was that or at General Hospital. All right. So Listen, you know, no one takes a back seat here. No, I'm <laughs> but yes, I have to say, you know, one of the things that about this that interests me and I, I, you know, since I have to say for those of you who are not privy to the the behind the scenes work that we get here at Speculate, do not know how much I've heard raves from not, ju- you know, Mike, yes, but 1000% Brandon, who's been raving about Thirsty Sword Lesbians. And about this stuff. So I have been like, all right, I got to go check out what this is about. The thing is, first of all, not at all surprised that it's evil hat um, that's that's associated with it. That is the least shocking thing of all time. But secondly, it's not so much even that it does what it says on the tin, although I think from the way you've described that that is the case. I think it's more that it absolutely initially eliminates Anyone who's going to be like, but I thought I was getting blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, if you go and you buy this and you're like thirsty sword lesbians, you're not going to get a lot of people who are like, I was expecting this and was disappointed to find that my straight white Caucasian fantasy had been watered down by the use of anybody else in the world. Like, you know, it's it's there's there's a sense here that they are going for it and that sort of commitment makes a difference here i actually thought a little bit about your about sound clash brandon because i think there's a way in which sound clash also goes for stuff and i think that's one of the appeals of it from my point of view is it doesn't hide in an effort not to piss off people that will automatically be pissed off at a game that has certain kinds of content right so not just what you what you both were talking about regarding the sort of like if you're a fascist don't play this game but just by labeling it what you do you're kind of like what like you know like you know exactly what you're getting into with that so i appreciate that i do want to ask though from people who know this game in a way that i do not because we talked you talked a lot about the idea of it sort of gathering feelings together so i want to pose the question is there a danger in having a game and they have plenty of safety tools so i'm not worried that this game is going to cause this problem but i wonder about a game which is so driven by the need to create emotional tension you know emotional emotional uh, kind of instability not instability but sort of just generating feelings right more feelings more feelings more feelings is there a danger that those feelings eventually become weaponized in the sense that people are just like i don't want to go into a game where i'm going to feel nothing but just sadness whereas tales from the loop that i rave about all the time that i've played with you as gm brandon and that i've played with other people has a profound emotional effect on me for reasons I don't even fully know without being like tales from the loop where Greg's going to cry a lot about his childhood, because like that's basically what happens to be playing that game, but there's nothing in the game up front that makes it clear that that's what we're looking at. So I guess I'm wondering about the emotional stakes and how I understand a GM can move and move around it, 
but how in your experience a game like this manages to avoid making emotions almost become something that people wallow in rather than experience process and share in a really healthy way and i imagine there's ways to do it i'm just i'm curious mm -hmm. well okay so i will so th there are two things that stand out to me and one part of it is from my experience of having played it and i guess the rest is uh thoughts that i've had as a designer as someone who's played other games especially other games that are also from designers who also have on emotional output okay. uh, through play mm -hmm. so it's first i'll speak to the first real experience i had playing thirsty sword lesbians i played uh, a one shot for someone's uh, Twitch stream it was lots of fun. Um, we essentially played Magical Girls, and I dug it a lot. It was re it was really neat. And I played a character uh, character playbook in the uh, in the game called the Trickster, whose like entire like emotional arc is they have a secret or multiple secrets that make it difficult for them to open up to people but there is a point uh in the game where you just as a result of taking just as a result of taking your normal moves through play uh you are compelled by the playbook to have an outburst where you have no choice but to express all of the secrets that you've been holding out inside to anyone who will ever listen and you the rules literally tell you that you cannot stop until someone stops you and i saved that for like the end of that one shot where like we were all of all of our characters were like in a point of conflict with each other as a fight was literally taking place in front of us all of our lives are physically at stake and i just start like going off about how my character feels ab about all of these other characters and even though i'm supposed to be angry and frustrated and upset i express that as i care about you also very much and why do i feel like mm -hmm. i'm not giving the opportunity to actually show that or feel that or make that feel valuable and in that moment, I was, like, perfectly aware as a player, someone trying to, like, be diligent about my own emotions in this process, I was going, don't make this too much. This is still just a game for everybody. That's, mm -hmm. like, a decision you have to make as a player. But also, embrace that you are having an emotional moment in the universe and make that feel real. Okay. Which comes to the second thing, which is... As you said, there are a lot of uh, safety tools, and they mention a lot of the safety tools that are easily available in the book, and like they tell you where those things are available. And I think that it is ultimately important, not just from like a narrative perspective of whenever you're playing a game, make sure that everybody has these tools. But I think that because we are playing more games that are more emo that value emotional affect as part of their play. I think it's it's really more important to have GMs and playgroups that value those safety tools even more, not only in their play sessions, but in general, whenever they're considering playing a game or just talking about the games that they want to play or just having conversations in general, even I think that a lot of these safety tools are just generally good to have available whenever a thing happens. And I think that... Once you're playing with people who you trust and who are behaving in trustworthy ways, there is value in having an opportunity to 
play an RPG as catharsis, knowing that you're doing that with people who are not going to exploit that emotional moment either in the story or out of it. Mm -hmm. Hi. This is Mike Underwood, and that was the first part of a great Game Recommendations episode we produced as a bonus for subscribers at our Patreon. If you want to listen to the full episode, sign up at patreon.com speculate. You can get our full archives of bonus episodes, extra material for series like Fractal Spire and Valorant, plus other rewards like GM prep videos and more. You'll also help us keep Speculate going. It's only possible for us to make this show because of the support from listeners and viewers like you. Thanks, and stay tuned later this month for more episodes of Fractal Spire. Bye. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.